while you're turning there, I'm going to start the good stuff off with the good things that you've done. Um, told you, I got an email from Caleb. Here it is. We'll post it back there. He uh, talks about he got several letters. He really thank you. Thanks for that. He said, please keep sending your prayers. They're very needed. <coughs> Not just for me, but for others on the tree on on the ship. He said several people have had children born while they've been away and some have lost family members. Of course, there's no way for them to get back. So please keep praying for them. And we'll post that back at the back. Also, uh, the latest note, and I've got another one to post up here. The latest is uh, from Samantha was to remind us. Um, she said, thank you. She knew that I had told you all about her... Uh, altercation and she said thank you I got your words of encouragement today it's so good to know that you're all still here for me I have to admit that I thought maybe you would all be so disappointed in me you weren't going to write anymore um, I am so blessed by you all thank you I'm doing much better by the way uh, I may have slipped but I refuse to fall I refuse to fall all the way down and I know I can make it I miss you all very much I can't wait to see you all again uh, in love, Samantha. Let's keep praying for Samantha, all right? Tiffany's son, Jeremiah. Jeremiah? Yes. Jeremiah was uh, found, uh, um, well, in a, uh, sick in a situation at school, and they took him to the hospital, thought it might have been a heart attack or diabetes or something like that. They don't know what it, the cause is, but he's, he's home now, but he's got to go back when? Some by, sometime next week but uh, they don't know what caused him to pass out they don't know what caused him to be found in the condition he was in so let's be praying for him and for his health All right. somebody tell me something good I believe there are good things going on well, Bertie um, I'm glad that I'm here no matter uh, being tired lately and stressed but I was going to say thank you for my home Anybody in this room who's ever had 120 days clean, sober, hold up your hand. I want her to see the folks that know what that's like. And outstanding. Uh, outstanding. All right. Tell me something good. Okay, Daniela's starting a job where? Convergies, that's right. Not food, but it's still a good job. All right. Um, but there have it next next Saturday, the 19th. The next Saturday, the 19th, is they're having a gender reveal party. Now, folks, those of us who are older, we have no idea what that means. A gender reveal party used to be called delivery. <laughs> That's when the gender was revealed, right? But now they have these parties. It's just another excuse to party. I know what y'all are doing. But on the 19th, they're going to have a gender reveal party. They're going to have a gender reveal party. And uh, uh, there was something I was going to say about that. Oh, and it's to reveal, when she said we're going to find out what we're having, that does not mean they're having a puppy. 
they're having a baby. They're just going to let us know if it's going to be a boy named Rexiford or a girl named Rexina. Right? <laughs> Either way. All right. Somebody tell me something good. Today is my second job. Second day of my job that I just got. Now, I, we love this job. Now, hang on. Does everybody know Monica? Hello, I'm Monica. About half the people didn't say hi back, so I apologize to them, you know. They're rude. All right, let's try that again. Hi, I'm Monica. Hi, I'm Monica. There you go. Y'all were going, hi, I'm Monica. No, 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 no. This is Monica. Y'all are you. Now, uh, Monica, I, and I just found this out, uh, was born into God's family in June of last year. So this is a sister, and she's going to be here with us. She's E2's daughter, Okay. E2, Esmeralda II, Esmeralda Jr. All right. Catherine named her E2, not me. All right, so take that up with the lady in there right there. All right, now, uh, but now, you know, guess where Monica works? Now, I'll give you three guesses. It's someplace where there's food. That's easy to guess. Why I'm excited to it. Oh, oh, man, that would even be better. I wish it was Tech Cafe. Give me another one. Oh, no. What? No, no. I'm excited. KFC. KFC, man. Yeah. All right. We talk about being honest here. We talk about being real. I'm going to tell you. I can't believe you said that. She just said, when I was excited about KFC, Rebecca went, that's who you look like. And you're laughing. Monica's going, Monica's going, that's not nice and laughing like that. All right. I meant to say, let's say something good, not mean to me. Somebody, t somebody tell me something good. Let's have good news. The election is over, and God is still on his throne, and Jesus, Lord, Jesus is Lord Christ. That's the truth. That's the truth. Me too. And I gl I'm glad... I'm glad Jesus is in charge, aren't you? That's, I, I figured, I figured uh, one way or the other, I was going to hold on to the hope that, and, and the belief and the conviction that Jesus sits on the throne, and that's what matters most. Somebody tell me something good. Last call. Four and a half years. years. Outstanding. Outstanding. Jay and Jennifer and their kids got out of their house fire without Yeah, Jay and Jennifer had a fire, and but they got out, got out. Everybody's safe. Uh, Jay got a burn on his arm, but is just a first degree burn, right? Okay. Which is good. That's a good thing. Um, you've got your, if you've got a calendar, if you've got a smartphone where you can take the information down, one of the, thing, one of the things that we get to do here that 
good things. Every so often we have special things, all right? Now, you know our normal schedule, but just I want to remind our guys, this Saturday, uh, Bob is cooking us breakfast. That's at 6.30. That's for fellas only. That's at 6.30. Uh, guys, would love for you to come, all right? Now, um, when it's over, it'll be over in time for if guys, you got to go to work or anything. But after that, if you want to stay around or others of you want to come, at 8.30, at 8.30, we'll start a, a one, if this is one of our Saturday morning Bible study kind of things. And we're going to be talking about something called the heart chart. And it, it deals a lot with how to take control of impulses and thoughts and feelings and, and channel them in the right direction. Uh, we talk about it a lot here. You're going to get angry. You can't help but get angry. But how do you keep that from reacting to that anger in a negative way that gets you in trouble? We're going to talk about those kind of things. It's the kind of stuff that if you really get a handle on it, uh, and hopefully we'll get there on Saturday, but if you get a handle on it, it'll help in your, um, just your addictions, your impulse control. It'll help in your marriage. It'll help on your job. It'll help you with just, especially if you're struggling with things from your past. A lot of good things can happen there. That's Saturday, this Saturday, the 12th. We're going to start at 8.30. There'll be some breakfast type stuff. We'll be done by noon, and there will be child care. Now, if you're interested in helping with child care, uh, rather than going to the class, if you'd like to help with child care, my child care person would like to come to class, so if you'd like to help with child care, if you'll let me know tonight when we're finished, then we'll talk about details, all right? Also, uh, Jimmy Derrick uh, texted me right before class. He's not feeling well, uh, couldn't make it, but wanted to remind all the fellows that are interested in higher ground, make sure you get in your applications and stuff for him. Uh, he needs everything by Sunday. All right. Harmony's birthday is from three to six. All right. All right. We'll be through by noon with the heart chart, and then Harmony's birthday is from three to six, and all the little ones are invited. Okay. All right. We good? John chapter eight. John chapter eight. While we're getting settled and focusing on what is written in John 8, would somebody tell, and if you have to peek, it's okay. But if you can remember it from what we've read, if you can remember think, something that you've stored up in your heart about Jesus from the, this Gospel of John, um, share it with us. What do you remember about Jesus? In the Gospel of John, what have you learned about Jesus? What have you seen? What have you heard? He's the bread of life. It's, it doesn't make near the point when you're full of barbecue as it would make as if you were hungry. But the truth is, um, there's some of you know what it's like really to be hungry. 
and the thought of Jesus being that bread. And if you have him, if you be, let him be a part of your life, if you eat him, is his words, you won't be hungry again. He can do things for your heart. He can do things for your life that nobody else can. All right? What do you remember about Jesus? What do you know about Jesus? Just from what we've read in the Gospel of John. He's going to live with them forever. And give me the, he, he offers a phrase to a particular woman whose heart had to be broken over and over again. How did he tell her that? How did he give her that promise? Does anybody remember? It's been a long time since we talked about it. Long time since we talked about it. You're tired. There's no stress here. There's no pressure. Let me remind you. The woman had been married five times. And she was living with a guy that was not her husband. Do you think maybe she was like some of us? Looking for love in all the wrong places? And finally Jesus said to her, said, Ma'am, if you knew who I was... You'd ask me, and I would give you living water. It would well up in you that you'd never be thirsty again. I'm convinced, convinced is true, that if I can ever fall in love with Jesus and ever understand just how much He loves me, it makes it a lot easier, makes it a lot easier to handle those lonely nights, those times when you begin to make bad choices when we begin to make bad choices about who we're going to spend for John 4 the woman at the well okay now let's go to chapter 8 this shouldn't surprise us what we're about to read shouldn't surprise us Jesus looks at a woman who's had five husbands, which was never what he would have wanted for, living with a man that wasn't her husband, certainly wouldn't want that. But he looks at her and says, Listen, let me give you something that will bless you and help you forever. Jesus looks at some people who are hungry, who are selfish. They are. and In fact, they, he, they get upset with him. They start pouting after he gets finished helping them and feeding them, and they leave him. They just, they just walk off from him because it's too hard. They don't want to mess with Jesus. If he's not going to do what they want, then he's, they're gone. And in spite of that, he still gave them bread. He still offered her living water. He still offered them the bread of life. It, doesn't, it shouldn't surprise us what happens next. But this story jumps out at me, stands out, and just makes me love him even more. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in, caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, of Moses, in the law Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? 
They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked the woman, Where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. Tell me what catches your attention. Reading it doesn't do the same for me as, as seeing it, but what caught your attention? He, he let her go. What caught your attention? Can you think? Let's talk about her first. Let's talk about her. The woman standing. The woman standing there. She got caught in the act of adultery. Wade used the right word, embarrassing, but there might be some other words that go along with that. Humiliated. Ashamed. Embarrassed. Sick. Ter terrified. Ashamed. Uh -huh. Bitter, maybe. Angry. Ashamed. Now, I'm not talking about were you ever caught in the act? Was I ever caught in the act? But has anybody in this room ever known shame? embarrassment, terrified, misery, anger, bitterness from their own sin. Anybody? Yeah. I didn't have to be caught in the act to know the embarrassment. I didn't have to be caught in the act to know the shame. I didn't have to caught, get caught in the act. I stood there with this woman ashamed <clears throat> what's made you ashamed I'll start first and I've told you I don't think we've got little ones so that's just we can just be honest right I wasn't caught in the act of adultery, but I committed adultery, destroyed my family, destroyed my life. I know something of being ashamed. I know something of being disgusted with myself. I know something about um, being terrified at what the consequences were going to be and what was going to happen in my life and to my kids and to my grandkids. I know something of that. So when I read this story, I stand with this woman because I have been there. What did you do? 
What caused that kind of shame in your life? Thank God. I became a single teenage mother right out of high school and brought two kids into the same kind of situation that I was raised in, which is something I never wanted. And even though God is showing me now why that happened and how I'm learning from it and benefiting from it now, in the beginning it was not. So what do you deserve? Those of you who... Those of you who've ever had that kind of experience, not just the ones that spoke, but the ones that had the thought that didn't say anything because we didn't take the time or maybe you didn't want to say it out loud, and that's okay. There's no pressure here. But those of us who did that, did we deserve the consequences that came because of our decisions? Yes, I did. And yes, she did. I want to make sure you understand. When those people said the law of Moses said we're supposed to stone her to death, they were telling the truth. And what Jesus says to them about cast the first stone, he is telling them to do exactly what the law said to do. Because the witnesses were supposed to be the first ones to throw the stones. That's what the law of Moses says. So Jesus is not cutting her some slack. Jesus is not suspending the law. Jesus is not saying, no, there, is no con there are no consequences for sin. No, he's saying, you caught this woman. You're witnesses of it. If you're not participating in this sin, if you're not the one that was in the bed with her, then cast the first stone. Do we have... Do we live in a world where there are consequences to the mistakes we make? Yes. Now, thank God we don't have to, we don't have to wear them all. Thank God we don't always have to face all of the consequences. But are there things that we should, that, are there consequences that we must face? Yes. When I read this verse, I always stand with this woman. But to be honest with you, I think maybe sometimes I need to stand with the men as well. Anybody in this room, and this will be harder to admit, folks. In this room, it'll be harder to admit. In this room, it'll be harder to admit. I'm telling you now, it's going to be tougher. But has anybody in this room ever ready to condemn somebody Anybody in this room know anything about ready to condemn that person or that person 
and you were doing the same thing. Anybody ever stand with these fellows? Holding that rock, ready to cast that first stone, ready to make sure everybody knew that you were righteous and all the time you knew what was going on inside your heart, you knew what was going on inside your life. Anybody ever been that way? Yeah. Wade, tell me about it if you can. You ever done it? You ever stood and looked down on and condemned somebody that was guilty? And I'm making it real easy for you. Guilty of the very sins you were committing. Uh, Christian, thanks for being that honest about it. Anybody ever done that? Let's talk in this room for a second. You taught somebody how to live the way they've chosen now to live, and you've changed your life, but they won't listen to you now? You're going to see it in your kids. You're going to see it in your grandkids. I, uh, For those of you who or new or don't know me, I, uh, I, talk, I, I talk a lot about, I go to jail every week. I work at jail, that's why I go to jail every week. I'm the drug and alcohol counselor for uh, the Garza County Regional Juvenile Center. I, I have in, guys anywhere from third, federal prisoners, uh, 13 to 21 years old, uh, and I deal with their drug addiction issues. and. Uh, one of the questions I always ask in my first, my initial assessment of their situation, I'll ask them, when did you get started and who got you started? Now, I've heard some scary, sad, heartbreaking, shameful things. Boy looked at me and said, meth was his drug of choice. Meth was the drug that caused him the, had caused the consequences in his life robbed him of his freedom, robbed him of his teeth, robbed him of his joy, robbed him of his life, robbed him of his teenage years, robbed him. And I said, where'd you get your first, where'd you get math? I mean, you were 11 years old. How did, where did you get math? My mom. Uh, God will have something to say to her, I believe. But you know what the number one, the number one, the number one answer? On the, the hundreds, if not thousands, the hundreds of kids that I've counseled in the five, ten, hundred years I've been there. Guess what the number one answer is of who gave it to you first? And it's always an older, and the number one answer is older cousin. Or it's an older brother. Or it's an older friend. Can I, can I say something? If you're still struggling with that stuff, and I'm, and I'm not the drug police. We don't frisk you when you walk in here. We don't 
we did have a dog that would come through and everybody thought it was a drug dog. It wasn't. <laughs> when they, it was a, it's a treatment dog that they bring for the kids, but when we'd bring it in, I'd say, well, there's a drug dog. About half the church would leave. <laughs> and it'd leave pizza for me, so I didn't mind. So we're not going to check you. Now, if you're acting unruly or if we notice, we're going to have to say something because we want to help you. That's the truth. That's the truth. We want to help you. That's, that's the truth. We want to help you. That's, that's the only reason we're here. But if you're, a, if you're still messing with that sum and you're sharing it with anybody younger than you, I hope you end up in jail so that you have plenty of time to think about what you're doing. You're not just damaging your own life. You're damaging that young man's life. And you're damaging that young's life, young man's life to the point that he may pass it on to his children. No, None of that, okay? But Christian's point was right. We've done that, haven't we? I don't know if these men were guilty of adultery. I'm not accusing them of a thing. I got some questions about their, and Louise had a good one. Where's the man? If I remember right, takes two there. And when they quoted, it says, uh, when they quoted the verse, he said, uh, commanded us to, to stone such a woman. What about such a man, right? There's, there's all kinds of things here I want to find out about. And why are they asking Jesus about it if they know the Lord God Almighty's already written it in stone that she needs to be stoned to death? Why do you come seeking advice? You do what is right whether anybody likes it or not, right? But they're doing it to trick Jesus. So there's not a sincere bone in their body. I don't know if they're guilty of adultery, but I know that if I'm standing condemning somebody when I'm doing the same thing, there's no sincere bone in my body. You know where I want to stand when I read this? You know where I want to stand? I want to stand right where Jesus is standing. I want to be in His footprints. I want to kneel down and write in the sand. And I don't know what he was writing. Now, I've got books that tell me. they got all kinds of ideas. And I've heard preachers preach it. They know what he wrote. I, didn't, I can't read that well. I don't know that much Greek. If you want to know what I think he was really doing, I'll tell you afterwards. Because that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is the man, the only man in that place that was pure. The only man in that place that was sin free. The only man in that place that you knew had no sinfulness in his life or body. The only man that had the right to condemn her said to them, you do what God says and when they refused to do it, what did he do? Read the phrase. No one condemned you. Read it. Say it again. Neither do I. One more time. Neither do I. Does Jesus want to condemn you for what you've done? One more time. Does Jesus want to condemn you? 
No, He doesn't want to condemn you. What He wants to do is He wants you not to be condemned. He wants you to not be hurt. He wants you to not die. He doesn't want you to suffer. He doesn't want you to face those consequences. He wants to protect you, is what He wants to do, from those consequences. Are you guilty? Man, I am guilty. And Jesus looked at me and said, Neither do I condemn you. Can you hear it? First, start there. What does that mean to her? When she hears those words out of His mouth, when she hears those words out of the Son of God's mouth, when she hears those words out of the Lord's mouth, what does she hear? What does she get? What does she feel? What does she, what does she have? Hope. Relief. What does she have? Thankfulness. What does she have? Mercy. What does she have? What does she feel? I'll let you explore it. You tell me. You're standing there. You're guilty. You've done it. You, I'm not talking about the act. I'm talking about being guilty. You've been guilty. You deserve to be punished. You deserve to be condemned. You deserve to be sentenced. You deserve to be uh, rejected. You, you deserve all that. Yes, we do deserve all that. And then he says, I don't condemn you. How's it feel? Forgiveness. Yeah, see, I, does it mean that the sin was not bad? Let's make sure we understand it. Oh, I, oh, so the sin is okay. I think I'll go do it again. No. Yeah, the embarrassment's still going to be there. But what does he say? You're not condemned. So how does she feel? He saved her life. How does she feel? In awe, in a daily basis that I have this life. He got a, she got a second chance. Give me another one. There's the man I want. There's the love I want. There's the one I want that can love me like that. I want that kind of love. I want that kind. That's what I want. Sixteen years ago, let's see, all of my mess was exposed sixteen years ago this last summer. And in sixteen years, and I don't know how many days that is, never figured it up. But I, it's pretty safe to tell you that in how many ever days it is for sixteen years, 365 days, and throw in a leap year day every once in a while. In those days, there's not a one of them. I, I, I tell you the truth, I'm not exaggerating. There's not a one of them that I have it at some point in that day. Usually it's first thing in the morning. I tell God I'm sorry again. I am so sorry I did that. And Jesus looks at me and says, I don't condemn you. 
You have any idea why I love Jesus like I love Him? Because every day He tells me that. My old heart condemns me and Jesus says, I don't condemn you. And be real honest, I'm greater than your heart, Jack. You know? And His mercy is new every morning. But, last, last thought. Look what He tells her. Look what he tells her. Neither do I condemn you. And then what? Did you read it? Did you see it? Go now and leave your life of sin. What did he just tell her? Make some changes. You're forgiven. But stop it. Stop it. Now why, is he, why does he care if we stop it? If he forgave us, what's the big deal? Why can't I just go back and do it again? Ah, he knows what's best for you. Tell me what it was like. That, what was it like? When you, what would you say? How did you say it? When you was doing those drugs. What was, it like? what was life like? A lot of fun, wasn't it? A lot of joy. A lot of peace. It was fun, but, but once you start like coming down off the drugs, you, yeah, you're miserable and you just you don't want sleep no more. Yeah. Get paranoid? Yeah. Yeah. Get this outright scared sometimes? Yeah. Miserable? Yeah. And people love being around you, nope. right? <laughs> no. They don't. What was it like? yourself from people, you're separated, you won't go to work because that sin that controls you so much, you've got to have it. Anybody know what that's like? You'll start pulling away from everything else, you'll focus on that, and then in the moment that you have, whatever it is that gives you that rush, whatever gives you that pleasure, whatever gives you that lift, whatever that is, when it's the moment it's gone, you start seeking it again because you feel so bad when you start coming down. Yeah. You're hurting the people that love you. You're disgusted with yourself. You hate yourself, but you keep seeking it. What did Jesus tell her to do? Don't hurt yourself anymore. Quit hurting yourself. Quit touching the stove. That's a hot stove. Don't touch it. Oh, really? Let me see. Oh, you're right. Oh, amazing. It's really hot. That's an interesting shade of brown my skin is turning. Yes, and there's little bubbles on it. No. You touch it, what happens? 
You scream in pain. You look for somebody to help you. And you run, oh, help me. I burned myself. I burned myself. And so somebody helps you. Somebody loves you enough to take care of that, cleans it up, patches it up. And then what do you do? Look, my hand's better. I'll try that again. I'll tell you what, let me try it again. And you tell me there's not people in this room that got in trouble and got out of trouble and went right back into trouble. Anybody? What did Jesus say? Stop it. Quit hurting yourself. Quit touching the stove. Quit banging into the wall. Quit running out and standing in traffic. Quit. Oh, I'm sorry. Quit. Quit running out in traffic. Quit touching the stove. Quit hurting yourself. That's how we'll end tonight. Are you ashamed? Are you hurt? Are you bitter? Are you embarrassed? Are you weak? Are you still trembling from the experience? Are you already even now craving a chance to go back to it, whatever it was? Then hear Jesus. Neither do I condemn you. But don't hurt yourself anymore. Don't hurt yourself anymore. I'll give you something better. Okay? I'll give you something better. Let's pray. Father, thanks for tonight. For these folks, their attention, most of all for Jesus. Thank you, Father, that He's that you didn't take my life. Thank you, God, for forgiving me. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus into my life, not to condemn me, but to bless me and to help me. Would you help me and help anybody else in here that's ready for it? Help us to be strong enough to live one more day clean, sober, right. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, folks. Hug somebody whether you like them or not.